We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is Saturday night. Rashini Rajkumar with you. I'm in for Esme tonight. We're having a great time. Fabulous guests. And we have our final hour tonight of more fabulous guests. Plus, at 820, I'm opening up the phone lines. I want to hear your favorite Seinfeld lines or moments or episodes because this weekend also is 30 years, the 30th anniversary of the Seinfeld series. And boy, what a series it was and continues to be in syndication. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and his cohorts making lots of money in residuals. <laughs> uh, but are you traveling this summer? Are you making plans right now? Uh, maybe you want to try a different place, or maybe you're having trouble getting in at cabins and resorts. Well, what about Airbnb? Airbnb has become such a phenomenon. Have you done it? I'd love to hear from you. And we are going to chat with Ben Bright. He is the Midwest Communications Director for Airbnb. Hi there, Ben. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Hi, how are you? Great to be on. You know, first of all, for people who don't know Airbnb, they've been living under a rock for the last few years. Explain how it works. Sure. So uh, our company is about 11 years old. It actually started out with very humble origins uh, back in San Francisco when our co-founders were broke and just trying to figure out a way to, to make their rent. Uh, for the month. And there was a big conference coming to town, they realized, and all the hotels were sold out. So they realized, what what if we put out a few air beds on our floor, gave the guests cereal, charged them 50 bucks a night, uh, and we'll call it air bed and breakfast. And that was how they were able to make their rent for a couple months. Uh, And they realized they had, uh, you know, there was something to it. Uh, So, uh, you know, fast forward 11 years, there are about 6 million homes uh, that are available on on Airbnb. Minnesota is is a a huge market, whether it's, you know, the the big city like Minneapolis to some of those, you know, gorgeous cabins that, that you were referencing. So, uh, it's it's more than just an alternative way to travel. Uh, Airbnb actually has more listings than all the big hotel chains combined, uh, Marriott and Hilton combined. So uh, it's, wow. it's uh, as yeah, as you said, it's taken on a a life of its own. You know, I, Ben, thanks for sharing that foundation story because I love that it was truly air mattresses. That's the air mm-hmm. in Airbnb. I mean, that's really yeah. fun. And to know now, six billion homes participate. What are you hearing, like, you know, as you go toward your 12th year, what are you hearing are some of the big positives that people get out of using Airbnb? Uh, Really, it's the diversity in the listings, right? So really, no matter what you're looking for, uh, you should be able to find. That really is our goal these days uh, as, as we continue to build more in diverse supply, right? So uh, for a lot of people, Airbnb is the only way they can afford to travel because you can find really great budget options. If all you can spare is $50 a night, you will be able to find a really good, safe, quality listing on Airbnb. Uh, on, on the other hand, if you're looking, you know, if it's your honeymoon or your, your a family reunion or, or your, your, your big fancy vacation where you're looking for something much more uh, luxurious, 
you can find that as well and, and everything in between. Um, additionally, where Airbnb and, and, and uh, our local hosts have a big impact are during big events. Um, so particularly in Minneapolis, where we've seen the Super Bowl, we've seen the Final Four just in the past year and a half. Uh, the hotel simply couldn't handle all the people that wanted to come in. They were sold out a year in advance before the teams were even decided. Uh, so uh, local homeowners, local hosts were able to fill that void, uh, make sure that everyone who, who were fans of the teams for the Super Bowl, the Final Four, who were, were coming in were able to stay in Minneapolis or St. Paul. And I was actually one of them. Uh, my, my Where did you stay? Uh, I, I stayed in St. Paul, and, and my school is the University of Virginia, so I was really excited to come in for the Final Four. And uh, I, I was only, and it wasn't just because I worked for the company, uh, there, there simply were no hotels. Uh, so I, I got a, a, a really great, uh, basically a, a mother in law type suite. Well, yeah. Um, for, for this, for this, well, way yeah, to this live month. the brand anyway, Ben. Yeah, that's hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All right. So on the flip side of this, there are these positive elements, but people also have to be careful because. I mean, I have not tried it yet, to be honest with you. I want to, but here's what I'm nervous about. I just got back from two weeks in Australia, um, five of the night, no, eight nights total in two different locations. I stayed in a hotel and then I other, other times stayed with family friends. So at those two different locations, I could always be certain, you know, things are clean. If I had a complaint, it, you know, I could go to someone with it. There, you know, I didn't really have any, but I'm, I would be nervous leaving the country to do an Airbnb, to not really know that I have someone there I can just go to if there's an issue. Right. So, so, and, and this is where our filters really come into play. So uh, when you're searching through Airbnb, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of filters that you can kind of X in and make sure that you're only looking at the type of homes that are going to be right for you. So for you, it sounds like uh, you may be most interested in the type of home where, where the host is there. Right. Where, where it is a mother-in-law type suite or, or they're next door. Or, they're, or if they're not there, they're very easy to get a hold of or right, something like right. that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so um, you, you can specifically search through Airbnb to find something like that um, to, to make sure that, um, you know, let, let, like you say, if the host isn't there on site, they're a block away or a five minute drive. Right. Oftentimes they're saying they're conveying that in their listing page. Um, this is where reviews really uh, reviews really are the lifeblood of Airbnb. So when, whenever you're looking at a listing, whether it's um, uh, you, you know, whether or not you care about the host being there or not, sometimes sometimes uh, guests specifically do not want the host there. They want privacy, and that's fine too. Uh, but either way, uh, searching through those reviews um, and and seeing what those authentic experiences have been like for the previous guests who have stayed there is is critically important. And as I mentioned, it, it kind of is the lifeblood of Airbnb. It's a big reason for why the model has worked is, you know, people are able to take a look at what the previous experiences have been, mostly good. You know, sometimes people have poor experiences and that should be taken into account as you're looking into a, spe a specific listing. If there have been issues with cleanliness, for example, you should be able to see that and take that into account and maybe choose a different listing. I'm talking with Ben Bright. He is Midwest Communications Director for Airbnb. If you have any questions for him in our remaining time with Ben, give us a call 651 or 866 989-9226. So, Ben, maybe there are some people out there in WCCO land who are thinking, oh, I'd like to be a host. What should they do? What's the process? 
Sure. So for just getting on the platform itself, it's it's pretty easy. Um, you know, longer term, it really depends on what city you're in. Um, first and foremost, you got to look at what the local regulations are. Um, so Minneapolis and St. Paul, both about uh, two years ago, passed uh, short-term rental regulations. It's a pretty simple process, particularly for Minneapolis. Um, basically, you just need to go to City Hall. You, I think you, you pay them 25 bucks, 50 bucks, something like that, um, just to get registered. And, and that's about it. Uh, I think St. Paul is uh, a little more time intensive, but it, it, it's still a pretty simple process. But we always, you know, implore our, our hosts or prospective hosts, you got to know the local regulations, you got to follow them. It's not just the cities, it's, you know, your HOA <laughs> or your landlord, right? You got to make sure that what you're doing is in line with, with the local rules. So, um, so assuming you are doing that, um, you know, actually getting on the platform is, is pretty easy, but making sure that your listing is up to snuff and it, it has the type of detail that guests are going to be looking for is, is a whole nother thing. So uh, pictures are, are critical, making sure that prospective guests have a very clear idea of what your home is, what you're offering, um, what things look like, um, and, and, and what it doesn't have, <laughs> you know, for example, uh, not every home has everything in the world. Um, you know, for example, if you don't have private on-site parking, you know, you should be clear about that because that can be important to some folks if they're driving in as opposed to flying in. Um, Details matter. About, absolutely. Being very clear about your house rules. If you have quiet hours, um, you know, for example, you need to say that. Um, if you, uh, you know, the vast majority of hosts do not allow you know, sort of small gatherings or, 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 um, or, or, you know, guests who are not part of the reservation coming into the home. You, you, you need to say that, right? So, yeah, being very clear about the details and the expectations. And then just overall just communicating with those guests, making sure that everyone's on the same page. We have um, uh, basically an in-product messaging tool. Um, so, so you can communicate through our platform. That's very important to do. But yeah, you you, um, you can never be too detailed when it comes to Airbnb. The more detailed, the better. And simple site, Airbnb.com? That's it. All right. Yeah. Ben Bright, thanks so much. He is Midwest Communications Director for Airbnb. Great to have you on. Anytime. Thanks so much. All right. We are going to take a break. Let me tell you what we're doing for the rest of the show. I'm with you for about another 40 minutes. At 8.35, we're going to talk with Dr. Justine Lee from Pet Poison Helpline. You may have heard, and this is important if you have a dog and maybe even some cats because uh, cats are being affected to a lesser extent, but all these boutique dog foods, some of them the the FDA is warning that they are actually not good for your dogs. Uh, Brands like Rachel Ray Nutrish, Blue Buffalo. So we'll get into that at 835. But when we come back from break, phone lines will be open around 821, and we will hear from you, I hope, about your favorite Seinfeld moments. Call me at 866 or 651-989-9226. Happy 4th of July weekend. I'm so glad you're spending some time with me this Saturday night. Rashini Rajkumar in for Esme tonight. We are talking Seinfeld. Did you know it's the 30th anniversary, excuse me, weekend of the popular TV show, that premiered on July 5th, 1989. Devin, our studio coordinator, was not born yet, but it's such a phenomenon of a show that even young Devin has grown to love it and has some favorite episodes. I have the box set, I think, seasons one through five, so 
Um, uh, that's impressive. Yeah, and I remember, you know, when you move into a new house, you don't have cable or anything for, you know, a week or two. I watched those over and over, but... You I've got seen, to know Jerry and the gang. Oh, yeah, but I've seen maybe, probably every episode, and I, I do have some, some favorites. And All right, we're going to get into that. That's why we have the phone lines open. Don is calling in from St. Cloud. You can call, too, with your faves, 651-989-9226 or 866-989-9226. Hi, Don. It's, uh, it's John. Can you hear me? Oh, okay? sorry, I'm John. Yeah. We can hear oh, you. Okay. Thanks right. for calling in yeah. and listening tonight. Yeah, whenever we're playing trivia with friends, I'm always saying to myself, come on, give me a Seinfeld question. <laughs> so you were a lover of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> my one of my favorite lines, I'll get to this right away, is when crazy Joe Davola is dressed up like a clown and um, uh, Oh, we may have lost you, John. Uh-oh. Okay, John may have to call us back. Eight six six nine eight nine. Oh, there you're there. Okay, we lost you for a little bit there. So that favorite line you started to say, "Crazy Joe Davola." Keep going. Yeah, crazy, crazy Joe Davola is dressed up like a clown, and Elaine and Jerry are trying to get into the movie theater and say to the ticket guy, "You got to let us in quick because there's a crazy clown chasing us." And the ticket guy says, "Oh, a crazy clown is chasing you. Oh, that's rich." <laughs> And that just kind of hit the funny bone for you, huh? I do remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I have yeah, to t- Yeah, go ahead. There's just so many of them. Uh, it's just, and then Kramer. I mean, Kramer just is the capper all the time. Oh, my God. He's a, he's a quote a second. So I have to tell you, John, my one of my all-time favorite lines, and I, we even use it today for various reasons, no soup for you from the soup oh, Nazi. Oh, yes. That oh, just yeah. sticks with me for whatever reason. Maybe because I love soup. but <laughs> And that was just so classic. And talk about, you know, not just that line, but these lines that are just part of Americana now. And it's amazing. Like, the soup Nazi's based on a real a real cook, a guy that made soup. And, and did that. A lot of the characters were based on real-life stuff from them. Yeah. No, I think it's... I think it's great, and I think it's really fun that 30 years later, you know, we could talk about it on the radio, and we're getting calls coming in tonight. And and it just makes you feel good when you think back, you know, when you can walk down memory lane with Seinfeld. Yeah, I was 20-something, and I remember when the series actually actually started. I remember it, and I said, you know what? This is going to be a hit. It, just because I liked Seinfeld stand-up so much, especially when he would guest host for, like, I think it was Jay Leno at the time or whoever had The Tonight Show. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Well, Don th- or John, thank you so much for calling in on your drive to North Dakota. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Eric is calling from, oh, we lost Eric. Eric, call us back. He was calling from St. Cloud, Gosh, maybe the, um, or from St. Paul, yeah. Um, all right, Eric may call us back. If you have a favorite Seinfeld memory, give me a call, 866 or 651-989-9226. You know, USA Today did a great job, Devin, of putting all these lines. They had their 30th kind of moments or lines. And one of them that I think we all, I, I don't know if they invented it, but we still use it, double dipping when it comes to chips and dip. You don't double dip the chip. You cannot double dip the chip. Yep. The only one I might double dip with is when I'm with my husband. So, oh, that's fair. That's it. Because you know. of that, now if. When I am using, you know, salsa or whatever, I'll break the chip in half. Yes, so people see you visibly yes. are not going to double dip. I have to double dip. That chip. Yeah, chip. I know. One chip 
is it's just sometimes too much for your mouth, but you yeah. want salsa on both yeah. sides of the half. Yeah, I do break it too. That's a good point. It's a good tip. Another term that I mean, how do you not know this one? Yada yada yada. Oh yeah, I've seen memes with Elaine where it just says yada yada yada, and it just it it depending on who you are, you use it as fill in. You use it to cover things up. Um, and on Seinfeld, they used it sometimes for bad things they would not want to talk about. They just say yada yada yada. Yep. Which I, I think is great. All right, Devin, Mr. Box set on the Seinfeld. What are some of your favorite moments? Uh, favorite moments. One of my favorite episodes is when they're at the Chinese restaurant and they're waiting to get seated and it spends pretty much the whole episode there in the waiting room. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they finally, the, what do you call it, hostess suppo- calls their name in quotations, but he says, Cartwright Four, and they don't, you know, they don't think that's them. And then um, George finally goes up to him and says, you know, where you haven't called us yet. And he said, yeah, I said your name, caught right full. And J- or George just looks at him like, are you kidding me? There's that one and then one where they go up to the Hamptons. And um, everybody sees George's girlfriend topless. And not only that, George gets into a pool. <laughs> and then he has the sh- famous shrinkage. Where they, shrinkage. They, that's yeah. That made the list, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And what about the puffy shirt? Puffy shirt's a classic one. Puffy yep. shirt, um, some other terms, you know, that were kind of sexually charged, master of my domain and sponge worthy. They have that episode where they bet to see who can go the longest without pleasuring themselves. That's a good episode. Okay. Interesting. One of my favorite lines though, along that lines, um, no pun intended, is Jerry says, Staring at a woman's cleavage is like staring at the sun. It's risky. You don't look too long, but you get an idea of what it's like, and then you look away. Oh, that is great. That is a really, really good little anecdote. Um, we've got some more calls coming in. I want to get to you, 651-989-9226 or 866-989-9226 for your favorite Seinfeld moments. There are so many. Uh, it is hard to just pick one, I know. And we've got Eric back, I'm so glad, from St. Paul. Hi, Eric. Well, two things. The best skit was the Magic Loogie with the Zapruder film. <laughs> I think was the best. And one. why did uh, why did you like that so much? Because it's it's got all the. I mean, George and you know, Kramer were the you know were the funniest of the bunch, and you know just their slapstick comedy. But to bring back if you and if the more you watch it. They have all the details of the people behind the the grassy knoll and the guy they're filming the Super 8 camera. The more you watch it, they really filled in the details of of the uh, Kennedy assassination. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, and, and what's interesting, like, uh, I'd almost like to borrow your box set, Devin, because like Eric is pointing out, it would be kind of fun to go back mm-hmm. and rewatch uh, and yeah. yeah, and you get those it's, little nuances, right, Eric? They're very good with filling in all the nuances of the. The more you watch it, you pick up something new of what they put into it. They really thought that out of all the little things. And then I guess my just as as a reoccurring bit, uh, just Art Vandalay or Vandalay Industries and the whole thing of how he was weaved into. Just any sort of skit I thought was terrific. Yeah, they, they did a great but, job. They were great actors, and they had great writers. 
but just the whole slapstick part of it, and you think about just you know the air conditioner falling out of the window and holding onto the cord. I uh, yes. just you know all the dumb things, the trophy just the the, the trivial things of, the, of life, right? The trophy falling out of the window and puncturing the the Thanksgiving Day parade balloon. Yes. Uh, I mean, just all the all the little things they picked. The, just the slapstick is just terrific, and it is. It was. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, slapstick comedy is funny, and it is, and it's good. Great. You get a great belly laugh, which I think we need. We meet, need more of. Barb is calling from Silver Lake. Hi there, Barb. Hi. Um, I think my favorite one was when they got lost in the parking lot. They couldn't find their car. <laughs> yes. And hasn't that happened to you before, Barb? Oh, thank God I have a keeper on my phone, a panic button. (laughs) So you can find it. Um, You know, did you have a favorite character, Barb, on Seinfeld? Um, Let me see who. You know, at first I didn't like the show at all. Interesting. And at first it was in jeopardy of not, you know, getting past a few episodes. So Yeah, I didn't like it at all. And then all of a sudden they started watching it. I think probably Kramer because he's just—he was just nuts. Yeah, he was nuts. He was just a walking accident, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, and and you had to like him. I mean, yeah. you really did. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, you okay. have. Thank you so much for calling. You have a great Fourth of July weekend. It's it's very yeah, fun to bye. walk walk down the memory lane of uh, Seinfeld. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about this possibly very dangerous. Gourmet dog food. Rashini Rajkumar, back with you tonight, winding it down. In for Esme, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday weekend. And I'm so glad you're spending part of it with me, whether you're out there having some fun by the lake or just chilling at home or driving to North Dakota. Like John was, it's very fun to have you with me tonight. Not only is it's a big anniversary weekend, let me tell you. So we've talked about Seinfeld. We've heard about some of your favorite Seinfeld moments. It's also the 25th anniversary today of the movie Forrest Gump. Do you remember it? Mm-hmm. It ruled the box office in 1994. According to USA Today, got $330 million, beat out Lion King for the top spot. And as we know, Tom Hanks won an Oscar for his starring role as Forrest Gump. So happy anniversary to the movie Forrest Gump. And if we have time before I go tonight, I'll share some other fun factoids that Tom Hanks revealed in a recent interview. But on a less fun note, the FDA is warning that some dogs are dying from some brands of gourmet dog food. For example, Blue Buffalo, 31 known deaths uh, by that brand, California Natural. Nature's Variety, uh, Akana or Akana, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, 67 deaths. Just what are these boutique dog foods and how can you protect your doggy? We've asked Dr. Justine Lee, the Associate Director of Pet Poison Helpline, for some answers. Hi, doctor. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, this is troubling. I'm a dog lover. We're kind of in between dogs right now. We lost our beloved Shorty a year and a half ago. We're hoping to get a dog soon. But it was not because of a gourmet dog food. Tell us, though, because these grain-free varieties have become so popular. 
Sure. So as you already announced, the FDA announced that they're launching an investigation between the link of grain-free diets or what we call BEG diets, boutique exotic diets. And these are typically from smaller companies that have unique or exotic ingredients such as lentils or peas. And thankfully, a group of veterinary cardiologists originally at UC Davis started picking up and detecting a severe type of potentially fatal type of heart disease called dilated cardiomyopathy in association with this diet. So I will always reiterate to pet owners, when in doubt, please talk to your veterinarian about the appropriate diet to feed your dog. Grain-free has become so popular, but honestly, it's a marketing thing. Very, very few dogs, less than 15% of dogs, uh, typically with, quote, itchiness, have any type of food allergy, and dogs rarely have celiac disease, so they can eat grain. And until we find out more information, this is a huge concern because you're right, dogs are dying from this. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's interesting because you said dogs can usually eat a lot of things. My sense is they have pretty rock-solid stomachs, you know, unlike a lot of us like lactose, fructose, all these different eating peanut allergies. Uh, get into that just generally. I know it's a generalization, but about what dogs can eat. Sure. I always say if you want to cook for your dog, that's totally fine, but you always want to consult with a veterinary nutritionist. I can't cook for myself, but there's trace minerals, vitamins that are so important. So if you're going to feed something like a raw diet, you're going to make a diet at home, these often are unbalanced for certain nutrients, especially knowing that we're seeing this major problem with dilated cardiomyopathy, you always want to pick a dog or cat food that meets the Wasaba or the World Small Animal Veterinary Association criteria. And what might that means is you always want to use a pet food company that has a board-certified veterinary nutritionist on staff, where they have PhD animal scientists or nutritionists who are testing these products to make sure that they're safe. We suspect it's some type of unusual amino acid deficiency that may potentially be contributing to this DCM. So it's scary. I am embarrassed to say that my dog was actually fed one of these diets that was reported and I switched immediately. So you do want to be careful. Right. And I mean, it's not even something to be embarrassed about. I, I mean, I've seen the advertising. You know, I know Rachel Ray as a host is very fond of dogs. She started her, you know, dog food line. It. You know, I don't know that most of us think just right off the bat that something like that is going to possibly be harmful to the dog. Right. And honestly, this was actually seen and discovered in cats, gosh, decades ago, where we used to see DCM in cats. It was associated with taurine, pet food companies supplemented it, and then they no longer saw the disease. So I'm hoping some of the studies at UC Davis and other veterinary schools, along with the FDA, are going to be able to help identify the underlying cause so we can all hopefully rest easier. But I always tell people, when in doubt, don't buy into the grain-free thing right now because dogs, it's okay. They're they're not obligate carnivores. In other words, they can get their protein sources from both meat and from vegetables. So again, it's really, really rare for a dog to have gluten sensitivity or celiac disease. I'm talking with Dr. Justine Lee, Associate Director of Pet Poison Helpline. If you have any questions for her, give us a ring, 651-989-9226 or 866-989-9226. And for people who want the numbers, the FDA updated its advisory on this outbreak naming 16 different pet food brands that have been linked to 560 cases 
of the disease uh, of, or is, would you call it a disease or is it a condition um, that you were talking about in dogs with 119 deaths over the last five years, uh, 14 cases in cats with five deaths. So fewer cats from this particular item. But in general, I think when in doubt, if you're going to make any changes, you got to ask your vet. Couldn't agree more. That's why your vet is there. Yeah, the vet is there. I mean, and, you know, there is a lot of marketing hype. I mean, people love their dogs. They love their pets. And I think companies do play to that in their marketing. Um, I'd like to think these companies really had no intention of harming dogs uh, by creating these various diets. But this is going to be really bad uh, backlash, I think, for these companies as as we all wait to to see, you know, what's happened and what's really causing it. Dr. Wallet, had, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it's well-intentioned pet owners who are buying really expensive dog food, right? So they're going specifically to boutique stores. They believe that they're paying, you know, a large amount. So they assume naturally it's going to be really good food, even if it's human grade or organic. But I always tell people when in doubt, you do want to stick with some of the larger companies, Hill Science Diet. Purina, Royal Canin, I am Duke Anuba, because these are companies that all have board-certified veterinary nutritionists who are making sure the food is AFCO-approved. So again, when in doubt, you do want to talk to your veterinarian about it. Our goal is to keep your dog healthy. I always say, ask your vet what they feed their own pet, right? A vet's a vet exactly. ideally treat every patient the way they would treat their own dog or cat. Right. And while I have you, it's 4th of July weekend. We're in the middle of summer here. What are just some general safety tips that you have for pet owners? Yeah, well, unfortunately, fireworks season just passed, but it can be a major source of noise phobia. So if you still have fireworks going off in your neighborhood this weekend, please keep your dog and cat inside. Do not bring them to parades. They're terrified of the sounds. And this holiday weekend is actually the number one weekend where dogs and cats get lost. They are really scared from the sound. They bolt out of the house. They get lost. So, again, make sure to keep them safe and secure. The other important thing, and I will say I'm a criticalist at Animal Emergency and Referral Center in Minnesota and Oakdale. I see so many poisonings during uh, this time of the year, July 4th weekend, because of picnic poisons. Dogs eat really? corn on the cob. Yeah, they eat raisins or grapes from the picnic basket. They eat the fat off of you know, something on the grill, and that can make them really sick and cause a severe pancreatitis. So when in doubt, make sure to keep your pet safe this weekend. Don't let them get into any uh, table food or barbecue food, picnic food. And uh, when in doubt, talk to your vet about nutrition also. Wow, really great advice. I did not even know about this picnic poisoning. Thank you so much, Dr. Justine Lee. We appreciate your advice tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Well, we have more coming up for you uh, before I leave you tonight at 9 o'clock. But remember how I mentioned that it is the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 with the moon landing. And there are a lot of different channels and stations and networks that are commemorating the July 20th moon walk. And I had mentioned there were these tapes. uh, Some are calling them the lost tapes. And there's a docudrama that I know the BBC is putting out that uses actors dubbing in the real voices of the three astronauts, but also on Smithsonian Channel today uh, aired the last tapes. The Apollo, it's called the Apollo thirteen. The Apollo thirteen. Those are the last tapes. I think this is Apollo eleven, so that's not the right one. But there are different things going on. I think that's a typo. It's probably Apollo eleven um, that I'm looking at on my sheet here. Lots of things happening 
to get you inspired for this 50th anniversary. Throughout the month, a lot of things are happening on National Geographic, on the Smithsonian, uh, the Armstrong tapes coming up on at 9 p.m. on Na- National Geographic on the 8th, which is Monday night, um, as well as other sp- other space exploration. So they're going all out between this weekend and July 20th on various Apollo uh, missions, as well as other s- space landings and um, different films that are commemorating that specific anniversary. Here it is. It's called Eight Days to the Moon and Back. Look for that locally on PBS July 17th. Looks like that's in the evening on July 17th. And Dev and I, for one, am excited because I read about that. Um, it looks like that, that's got to be the same thing because that the BBC did that we'll get to see on PBS. Yeah, I believe it is. Um, but I am fascinated by Apollo 11 and space in general. So I look forward to seeing that. You know, I am too. I remember even in third grade when we got assigned to do these diagrams of the solar system. Mm -hmm. And that's when I can pinpoint I fell in love with outer space and the moon and different things. And I would love to go up. Uh, I'd like to be the first talk show host to go up on one of these missions. And do a live remote from up there? Oh, my God. A live remote would be just a dream. I think just getting myself up there is probably (laughs) all they're going to let me do. But, you know, that's my big... Big to the moon and back kind Imagine of rocket dream. promotion or uh, commercial live from the moon. Yeah, Rashini, I know <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, it could be an interesting uh, real leaders with Rashini interview yeah. those uh, those astronauts right up there. <laughs> live um, from the moon, which I will plug the podcast. Uh, real leaders with Rashini weekly episodes. You can find it on your favorite podcast app. Uh, it's on Radio.com, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, or go to WCCORadio.com forward slash real leaders. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our friend David Mona joins me. Rashini Rajkumar back with you. It's so good to spend part of uh, Saturday night with all of you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. One of our friends is joining us to talk about a very special concert coming up in about 10, in fact, 10 days exactly. And he is Sports Huddle co-host, PR guru, Dave Mona. Hello, Dave. Hey, Rashini, are you in our chair? <laughs> What's that? Are you in our chair? Uh, oh, yeah, yes. Morning. Yes. <laughs> chair we, chair, our we chair we share. Yeah, so usually on Sundays, I say <laughs> hi to Dave as he's saying goodbye. I come and do my show. But because of the twins, I haven't had my show in a while, and I'm in tonight for Esme. So, yes, I'm in our chair. And you have a very big night coming up on July 16th. Yeah, we do. It's our uh, kind of bittersweet. It's our 10th and final Camden's concert, an event that we put on for, this will be our 10th year, to raise money for uh, cystic fibrosis research. And what can we expect this year? And congrats, 10 years is an amazing run. Yeah, it's, it's really been amazing. We, you know, when we, our son was, our grandson, Camden, was diagnosed at birth with cystic fibrosis, which we knew very little about. And we wanted, knew we wanted to do something. We went to the foundation people and said, you know, we'd like to do something. And they said, well, there's 25 uh, stair climbs and 35 golf tournaments and 60 walks. And uh, what do you have in mind? And knowing very little about concert promotion, my wife and I said, well, maybe we'd like to promote a concert and do it for about 10 years. And they said, well, that, there, there are none of those. That would be great. And then we asked them a question people should probably ask 
more often we said, how much money do you have to make to make it worthwhile uh, to you know take the time and energy of the people on the staff who are going to work with you as a volunteer? And they very truthfully said, well, that, that figure is $10,000, and we wish more people would ask. So we set out over a 10-year period to make uh, at least $100,000. And are you getting close to that goal? We'll be at 800000 by the Oh, way. yes. You have surpassed that goal. I thought so. That is yeah, amazing, we went, we went Dave. A little ways past that. Yep. Yeah, that is amazing. So on July 16th at the Hopkins Arts Center, you will have a concert you will have uh, that features uh, Tell Us About Susie. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Susie Boggess will be there. <coughs> Excuse me, Grouchy. Uh, Susie's a great singer. We had her in year three, and we said uh, at the end of that performance that we'd love to have her back. So when we, the 10th year was coming, we got in touch with her and said, how would you like to come back and kind of put a, a bow on what you started seven years ago? And she said, I'd be happy to. She's had, I think, six or seven number one hits. Just a great singer, terrific voice. She'll work with the, with the audience. It'll be a fun night for everybody. She goes on at 730. That sounds great. And, you know, prices are really reasonable, uh, $25 for the lowest price, up to 100 And then, of course, people can make donations of any amount, sure. uh, which is great. Well, it has been uh, just wonderful watching you and Camden and your wife, Linda, grow this thing and be so devoted to it, Dave. Yeah, it's it's uh, <coughs> excuse me. It's been a great experience for us. We never thought it could grow to be as big as it is. We've got an auction that goes online on July 9th, a site called biddingforgood.com, and then we'll have an on-site auction. And uh, there are a lot of ways people can get involved. But you know, we always said we always wanted to be a great concert. So if people just want to go to a great concert for twenty-five dollars, you can't do better than that. Yeah, you really can't. Well, Dave Mona, we'll see you out there. Uh, music begins at seven thirty p.m. July sixteenth. Hopkins, people can go to camdensconcert.com to get tickets ahead of time, and then I'm assuming you can also buy tickets at the door? Yeah, you can buy tickets at the door. Absolutely no problem. All right. Well, you have a great night. Have a good show. Tomorrow you can catch Dave, Sid, and Mike on Sports Huddle from 9.30 a.m. to noon on Sundays. You have a great night, Dave. Thanks so much, Machini. Take care. All righty. Well, what a show it has been, Devin. We've covered a lot of ground. We've kind of had some nostalgia with Seinfeld and Forrest Gump. I mean, there's another uh, 80s, or I guess it's 90s, 1994, um, phenomenon, you know, that really brought a lot of memorable lines and uh, lines that we still use to this day. What is it? The I was alive for that. Yes, the four, you know, the life is like a box of chocolate. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, things like that. Maybe not as many as from Seinfeld, but still. That's a huge movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Jenny, that's a, uh, what do you call it? I guess classic. It's an icon. One. Yeah, it's yeah, an iconic, iconic movie. Yes, that's the word. And, you know, Tom Hanks was recently interviewed, and he said that some of the most special scenes for him when he saw them on screen, was watching that friendship between Forrest and Lieutenant Dan, played by Gary Sinise, who was in the wheelchair as a Vietnam vet. And those were some special scenes. And I think that movie also put Gary Sinise on the map as an actor. Yeah, that's a movie that never gets old either. No, it's it's very special, really great relationships. Robin Wright uh, Robin Wright as Jenny, uh, so some phenomenal actors in that, and and uh, brings back a lot of memories. It's kind of fun when these anniversaries happen in entertainment, and you kind of think about your own life. It causes you to go down your own memory lane. 
Well, it's been great being with you tonight, and uh, it'll be several Sundays before I'm back with my show due to Twins Games, but continue to listen to those twins on WCCO uh, Radio. But you can also tune in every week or binge listen to my podcast, Real Leaders with Rashini. The most recent episode is uh, kind of a look back at some of our our fun, uh, big, big ones. So I recommend you go uh, on radio.com or wccoradio.com forward slash Real Leaders. If you want to pull up the URL, you'll get the whole archive there. Also recently chatted with Allison Brown, who's the CEO of the University of the Minnesota Science Museum. She was fascinating. She's also a heliskier. She does helicopter skiing. Yeah, oh, really. They, like, drop you off. At yes, wow. yes. She has logged one million vertical feet helicopter skiing. Yeah. So you'll get a lot of uh, fun people, both from industry, from sports, um, a lot of different icons there. Well, it's been fun being with you on this Fourth of July weekend. Make it a great week. Uh, Devin, thanks. And uh, Rashini Rajkumar signing out. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.